0: The Denver Nuggets are on trial. The schedule coming up is going to test their resolve and how good of a team they are in their pursuit of a second championship. We'll break down the upcoming schedule, the challenges before them, and make some predictions on what we think happens here on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us and being an everyday or joining us Monday through Friday here on the show. We are available on all platforms. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcast app, as well as on YouTube at youtube.com/slash locked on nuggets. The best way to support the show. Give us a like. Subscribe, turn on notifications, and you can join lots of folks like Al Gwynn hanging out with us in, the, in this chat section. Nadine Marcus is going off already in the comments as we're, we're doing uh, pre-show prep. Garrett's in here. Casey Max in here. Ian Lee. Lots of folks. Miroslav joining us today. Lots of folks hanging out with us in the chat over at YouTube.com slash LockedOnNuggets. On today's show, we will talk about the upcoming schedule for the Denver Nuggets. They face an absolute gauntlet of great teams over the next 11 games, we'll break it down in detail. We'll say what we think we know about the Nuggets. We'll say what we hope to learn about the Nuggets over this stretch. And we'll make some predictions and define what success will be over this challenging stretch of opponents for the Nuggets this season. want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares, who is back for World's Finest today. Adam, miss you, buddy. Glad to have you back.
1: I'm excited to be back, man. And bull oh boy, as we were preparing for this show, it's interesting to look forward and see what's on the horizon for these Nuggets.
0: You know, so we've been talking about the schedule and how condensed it was. And Malone's constantly like, no excuses. We're not making excuses. We're not complaining about it. But by the way, we've played the most back-to-backs in the league. And my guys are completely effing exhausted every single night. Um, They're through that stretch. The schedule lightens up considerably from a rest perspective. But these next 11 games are absolutely brutal. So let's run it down in detail. Uh, Tonight, as we record this on Wednesday morning, they visit the Utah Jazz uh, for a late game on ESPN, Utah is much better in recent days. Laurie, Mark, Eight and two. Patrick, they are starting to get it together. Then they are at home versus the New Orleans Pelicans. On Sunday, yep. they they face the Indiana Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton. And then this stretch starts on the oh, East Coast. Oh, that's East right. North no
1: Halliburton. So that does yep. make that considerably yep. easier. Uh,
0: then the East Coast road trip starts. At Philadelphia versus the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. At Boston. Three days later versus the number one team in the league. At Washington, okay. At the Pacers, Halliburton's probably not back for that one. Then they return home and they place they play the Philadelphia 76ers at home on ABC on a 5:30 Eastern uh 330 mountain Sunday tilt for uh the rivalry week. Then they are at home two days later for the Milwaukee Bucks. Then they travel to OKC for the final matchup this season with OKC already oh having one, uh,
1: two of three. No, 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 two. That's two and one. Oh, you're right. I thought they already won it. Okay. Nope. They blew him out in the first game. Blew the mm-hmm. second game. Got blown out the third game. So that will that could tie it. Which honestly, you always say these, you know, tiebreakers. This or that. This one actually might matter. This, this one, one might actually
0: happen. might matter uh, for an, an, and and. For a number of reasons, because if they were to lose tiebreaker and they went up in a three-way tie, guess who wins the three-way tie? The division winner. So if the Wolves were to fall back behind, that could matter as well. Um, All right, so let's start here. Um, With this slate against really good opponents, some weaker ones mixed in there, a lot of them on the road. What do we think we know this season um, about the Nuggets as we enter into the stretch, Adam?
1: Well, one other thing real quick, just before we, we, I get to that, the trial will be televised. Five of these 11 games are on national television. So that's just one other piece of this is the tonight on ESPN, Friday on ESPN, 76ers game on TNT, Boston ESPN, the other Philadelphia game on ABC. So <laughs> narrative from a narrative standpoint, this 11 game stretch is the story of the nuggets and how people will talk about the nuggets for the rest of the year will be defined by these 11 games in my opinion i just think that's how it's going to play out um what we think we know the starting five is as good as last year the the starting five is as good as the team that won the championship last year and that will be put on trial but i think that we if, if there's something i feel most confident in it's that they're going to go up against a 76ers starting five. That's one of the best in the league. They're going to go up against a Boston Celtics starting five. That's one of the best in the league. They're going to go up against the Milwaukee Bucks closing five. That's one of the best in the league, at least offensively. So they're going to play. uh, And then the New Orleans Pelicans, their starting five isn't good, but their closing five is. So they're going to go up against some of the best lineups uh, in the NBA. But I think that they're ready for that challenge. And this is where it'll be very interesting to kind of learn as we see this, just how they stack up. But that's something I think we know. What's funny is
0: we, we were pregame before the, the uh, Pistons game on Sunday. I was talking about, I was like, you know, I don't, I was, I said, I was like, I don't feel like the starters are as good as last year. I was like, I feel like it's close, but I felt like with some of the shooting that case, like I've looked at some of the on the splits for when they're together and like some of the dynamics and like Aaron, um, you know, had some struggles in the middle and all these types of things. And then I'm like, we looked at the numbers the Nuggets with the starting lineup this season are 15 and four overall. And these numbers are absolutely preposterous. They have a 130 offensive rating with the starting lineup and a 110 defensive rating. It's a 19.7 net. That's six points better than last year's unit per 100 possessions. So not only was I wrong that they're
1: <laughs> worse, they are considerably better right. than last year. So, uh, but um, that'll, uh, again, probably going to come down because even if I think they, even if i if I think they are going to win some of these games, they're not going to have a plus nineteen net against Boston, right. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, right. right. So it'll come down even if they play well, likely.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um the biggest thing I think is that the starting lineup um, at its peak is as good. I think that's a, kind of my my diagnosis is like in all these key moments that we've kind of seen, they have delivered so routinely and so consistently and at such a high level. Now there's, like, micro things we can kind of dice apart. Stuff like, are they relying too much on the two-man game? Or, like, is like getting Michael Porter Jr. involved? You know, like, all these, like, micro things that we that we will discuss on the show um, as we have discussed on the show and will continue to do because that's the job of the show. But the big picture, I do agree with you that we know that the starters are as good, if not better, than last year. What else yeah. you got?
1: I think that there's no front court depth. I think that's something that we know. Now, does Zeke Nagy turn it on? I mean, if he does, it's not because we knew we saw it coming. But right now, you have Jokic and Aaron Gordon. And behind them, you have a lot of shakiness. Zeke and DeAndre and not really a whole lot of other options. You go to Aaron Gordon at center. But, like, you don't want to go to Aaron Gordon at center too much in the regular season. And all of these games we're talking about, you almost feel like they're all games New Orleans you know, uh, Philadelphia, they're all games you think you might want to do that, but you can't go to it every night. So, there have th- that's going to be a storyline. If you get any kind of foul trouble to any of those guys, you're going to be relying on <laughs> Embiid versus Zeke. Does anybody feel good about that right now? If you have to go to that, do you, is even the Embiid versus DeAndre, do you feel good about that? Absolutely not. So, there's no margin for error in that front court.
0: What's funny is I actually don't worry as much about like Embiid versus DeAndre. In like post-ups he'll just pick and pop him to death like deandre will just give him space and the drop coverage
1: and he'll just hit that mid-range over him consistently um they were teammates man and would love if he sees deandre on the court he, and, and he will by the way and plays the staggered lineup where he's going to play half of his minutes in the game against denver's bench it's usually how it goes at least so yeah he'll see it
0: so and they actually altered his rotation last year to make sure that that happened which was funny um so i think I agree with you. It's also kind of uh, one of those things where there are weaknesses that you try and address and there are weaknesses. I think that you accept as a team and you know, this is a good example. Uh, The Indiana Pacers, right. Were so miserable defensively. And Rick Carlisle was just like, every game was basically having like an existential crisis over how bad their point of attack defense was and was just like begging them. And then the Pacers just started to play like a little bit of defense and they've actually been pretty solid over the last, uh, two weeks, 15 or 10 games or so, and it's made a huge difference. They're not good defensively, but they could be like a little bit better. And they accept like, okay, we're not gonna be great defensively, but we could be like a little bit better in these areas. I do think that the great teams always have to kind of accept like, yeah, we're going to have weaknesses in some, some lineups and rotations. I think for Denver, instead of like trying to solve this, because I think trying to solve it probably takes too many, too much in terms of assets. Um, right it's yeah. just like an acceptance like hey yeah this is just part of the of the makeup like yeah their front court is not great in the non-jokic minutes right. you're just going to have to try and survive that with three-point variance to a
1: certain yeah. degree the last thing i think we know is that peyton christian and reggie are on path to being solid playoff rotation pieces this is my opinion you might disagree with it but i think as we sit here almost halfway through the season i look at it and i go okay I think we saw Christian last year. He hasn't been great offensively this year, but we know defensively he can make plays. And in the playoffs, you're going to be playing alongside more starters. Peyton has looked like a guy that is ready to be a playoff rotation piece. And Reggie has been better than we all expected him to be, albeit you sometimes feel a little scary when he's out there because it gets feast or famine. But those guys feel like it. That goes on trial, though, over this 11-game stretch, because if they have one of those oh, we just got outscored by 11 points in five minutes stretches. Denver's not winning. In fact, they might get blown out by some of these teams. So that goes on trial. I'm not saying – I expect them to have a really frustrating game or two over the stretch, the bench. But I think that overall, they are on path to being ready by April. Those three at least. I think they are. I
0: think one of the big questions is going to be about what does the variance over these final three months look like? with those guys because that's a real question is consistency and we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side here on Locked on Nuggets.
1: Oh, I forgot the thing sorry
0: the there thing. it is. <laughs> right now I want to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL season is wrapping up. We got wild card weekend, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. I've got the Texans this weekend. I like them in the spot at home. I know that CJ Stroud's a rookie quarterback, but he has defied all expectations, especially at home. So I like him in that spot. I'm also, I've got. God forgive me. I'm going to be on Baker Mayfield in a playoff game, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I think that the Eagles are simply laying too many points on the road and you can get in on all that action plus um, still look and, and beads missing a lot of games. Jokic has moved back to a favorite to win MVP you can find that at FanDuel.
1: <laughs> that means he might take a couple games off, man. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. So time That's to get in on all the other guys that are behind yeah. him as bigger numbers. The app is so easy to use and there are many different ways to bet like Same game parlays. You can find bets in the new explore tab and you can make a par a bet, a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Locked On has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, like Locked On NBA, that both Adam and I are on, covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel all right. So you were, were talking about how about the, uh, the the bench rotation, the three guys and the eight man, um, Reggie, Christian and Peyton. And I think I am with you that they have shown that they can be there. Um, it's an interesting question, honestly, with Christian Brown, which is just like, is there anything Christian can do in the regular season to erase how impactful he was at certain points in the playoffs last year? Cause like Christian was great in the first round, great in the second round struggled versus the Lakers and was phenomenal versus the heat. So it's like, you know it's not like as the stakes got higher he got worse he just had a bad matchup versus the lakers um i do kind of think reggie is always going to be a player that is a little bit more inconsistent i think just that the nature of backup point guards in general or you're like monte where it's like very low ceiling but extremely consistent Consistent, right um so with reggie like when he he has this bad stretch of games and everyone's like that he's like really been rough like i don't know about reggie and they'll have a really good game and it's like oh reggie's back and so you know that variance but that's the kind of thing in the playoffs you actually i think want a little bit of variance i think you want like a little bit of variance because you want higher highs and you can deal with the lower lows by changing rotations getting guys out sooner playing starters more so, in general, I agree with you. Peyton Watson has answered all my questions. I can't, like, I want to be skeptical of Peyton Watson, but I can't be. He's just shown too much. I'm with you on that. Um, you want to react to that, or you want to move on to what we what we want to learn?
1: We can move on to what we want to learn.
0: Okay. So, this stretch is, is tough. We've got a lot of opponents on the road that are of quality. A lot of really tough matchups, like you mentioned. National TV spots, a lot of attention. Later starts in some of these games. Um, What is the number one thing that you want to learn over this stretch of games?
1: I mean, I think, man, the number one, I didn't even list these in in order of it. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm not going to I'm not going to organize these because I really don't know what what would be number one. I, I will say the first one I have on my list is that Murray is better than last year, which I don't feel confident saying just yet. And part of this is understandable, right? The injuries, like he's had a fragmented part of the year, but he's not now. Like right now, he has been con- playing consistently for a while now. So now that you go through trial, you go through the, uh, you know, the tough games here. I want to see you play Tyrese Maxey. Are you the second best guard point guard on the court? You go up against Damian Lillard. Are you the second best? Are you the best? Like, can you do you hang with those guys? So that's why I think Jamal Murray right now, is. if I were to rake him, I might say that because it's the most consequential. Does Murray outplay, and I don't just mean outscore, I mean outplay, does he outplay some of the key guys he's going to be going up head to head uh, here over this stretch? Jalen Brunson, another one, by the way, Shay Gildas-Alexander, another one. You muted yourself. You mute yourself.
0: Yeah, and he's going to have some, you know, tough defensive matchups. The Celtics obviously bring a lot of length and they switch and they've got yep. like really good guards and stuff like that. Um, you know, the Pelicans are going to put Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, um and like even Jose Alvarado is just pesky. So like that's a lot of pressure on him and we've seen certain guys, Jalen Suggs most notably, like there's these really elite defenders that can bother Murray, and when they we bother Murray, you can kind of get the Nuggets out of their flow offense, and that could be a real challenge. So the question is going to be like, you know, these teams will get up for the for the Nuggets. Like the Nugget, you're you're hosting the defending champions at home. You're going to get up for those games. Like that Celtics game is always it's always really tough for Denver, and that's always a really good game. Like Celtics get up for those games, and so I do think that there's like a high level of performance there. You'd also like to see Murray. You would like to see Murray have a big game in a bigger game environment, which is not to say that it's like you question whether he can do it. I mean, look at what the man's done in the playoffs, (laughs) right? Like he's he's his
1: best, honestly.
0: Yeah, like that's that's the ultimate big game player. I do think, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, I do think that he will have one of those games on this trip where it's like he's the story of the night that he helps win them a game versus one of those those marquee opponents. I think honestly, the Sixers is a good example of that where the Sixers defense has certain holes in it where Maxi's not an elite defender and they don't really have like a great two guard to throw at him where he might be able to do some real damage versus the Sixers. That's like an opportunity for him to maybe step up, especially like we'll see what kind of whistle Jokic gets, but that was one of the problems in that game last year in Philly was Jokic got a really rough whistle. So um, I kind of agree with you that it would be good to see Murray have a dominant performance versus a marquee team just as like a, a signature hey, by the
1: way, Murray's still really absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And those are big matchups that I'm just so curious to see. I mean, like you said, he does step up against bigger matchups. So maybe this is, but but to the point, you want him to step up in the right ways, right? You want him to be an aggressive scorer, but also making the right read and getting everybody involved. So I feel like he has a lot on his plate. Um, my number, Maybe my number two one would be if Christian Brown can make a larger impact. Michael Malone's... Message coming into the year was that Christian Brown was walking around like a guy that just won a championship. That implies confidence and swagger and skill and all these different things. And we haven't really seen it so far this year. He's looked a little uncomfortable. Crazy that he's shooting so well from three and it's not talked about. Cause if you would have just come into the year and said, Hey, Christian Brown's going to shoot 39% from three, he'd be like, Oh my God, it leveled up. It hasn't felt that way. So this stretch here, I do feel there's so many good players to be that Denver's going to have to figure out how to guard that this could be a moment where it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Christian Brown's another guy to throw at Jalen Brown and can shut him down for a quarter or for a stretch. And that's why And, and that's why he's such a big impact player.
0: Uh, a couple of things here from the chat, which is uh, Charles said that I want to learn if the Nuggets care about getting the one seed in the West or if they don't. Uh, and Freddie says, remember last year when we beat the Celtics, Jalen Brown said in the post-game interview – quote, they're lucky we don't play them again. So there's already underlying beef. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of pride. I don't think it's like animosity. I think it's just pride between those two teams and they don't want to lose. And they felt like, you know, they 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 beat the Nuggets in uh, Boston. I don't remember the injury situation for that game. Um, but then they came home and, and beat the Celtics. I think the Celtics were short-handed in that game. Um, my thing for, the, for to learn, Adam, quite honestly, is I want to learn about how they perform on the road because they were so good on the road last year in the playoffs, which if you kind of break it down, it's like, look, they lost two in Phoenix and then they won two really close games, but they did win. They swept them uh, in LA versus what I, I, don't know how good that team was, um, but they did win those games. Right. And so we're kind of like, Oh, I guess the, the, the road stuff didn't matter, but the road home splits for them were really stark last year. And if you look at it this season, Denver has played one game, on the road versus an opponent who at the time had a winning percentage over 60% one game all season on the road versus a team over 60% winning percentage. That was the October game versus the thunder. That's the (laughs) only one that they've had.
1: That doesn't even count then. That's crazy.
0: Right. So like that, there has not been uh, a a real spot for them to go. and, And you think about it, like the warriors win was, was the most fun, enjoyable win and it felt like a really good win but like the warriors aren't good like they're just not good right now and so that win was a very good win because that team is still tough but it's like tough versus great they're facing great teams like the celtics are great the sixers this season this is the best i have ever seen the sixers um they're the coaching difference has made a huge gap so there is I think a real opportunity here for them to show what they could do. Whoa, oh, no, there it is. <laughs> I got through it. I almost got through it. Almost got uh, through it. up
1: next. So well, hold up, hold up. I got more here. I, I hate this time restraint. We're under, because we got to get a couple more in here. Let me just fire them away here. I like the road one, by the way. Um, they're nine and 12 against teams, 500 and better. That's part of it too, is playing against good teams. But does Peyton's learning curve, slow down. Think about yeah. where Peyton Watson was a month ago or 11 games ago to where he is now. He's just on this very noticeable increase. And he has been scoring in double figures almost every single night lately, which is not even the part of the floor we're most interested in. If you extrapolate that 11 more games, you know, at the same rate, we're talking about a really good player. So does it slow down? Is it up and down? Is it not linear where he's good for a little bit than bad? And, and it kind of goes like, this was what you would expect. I think that's something we want to learn. And then the Michael Porter question. Does Denver find the right regular season balance between the two-man game and the ball is pop in game? Those are two different games. Some when they're at their best, those two things kind of fit together, and it's just it's this nice dance. But you know they're going to need both, I in my opinion, over the stretch. And so that's another thing I'm want to on trial. some another question we're going to have to answer before yeah, we get the verdict of
0: this team. It's great because on the one hand we're like Jamal Murray needs to have some really big games. Also <laughs> Jamal Murray needs to make sure that he's not dominating the offense so much that he. But gets isn't away from-
1: that- this is why I was very clear to say with Murray, though, big games doesn't necessarily mean 40 points or whatever. It's like yeah. a big game just means he dominate. And he had some of these very early in the year when he was only scoring 18, 16 a game. It was like, yeah, but he's dominating because he's just carving the defense up. And I, so it's a, it is a blend.
0: Up next, we'll talk about, all right, there's this stretch coming up. What do we expect from the Nuggets? What do we predict for the Nuggets? We'll talk about what we think they come out about this 11-game stretch on the other side here on Locked on Nuggets. I'll let you know that today's show is brought to you by better help uh, you know one of the things that was really helpful for me in therapy was um, i had a really hard time i would want things from other people and expect them from other people but i never communicated them and i wasn't able to really i didn't feel confident enough in myself or like myself enough honestly to ask for help from other people to ask people for what i needed and learning those types of things like those little things can really help change not only like how you feel, but your relationships with other people. It'll help you in life. It'll help you with work. It'll help you with family. That's what therapy really can do for you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com. Slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P dot com slash locked on NBA. We'll be right back on locked on Nuggets. Back here on locked on Nuggets, final segment with Adam Marius. Thanks for joining us and making this part of party today. We're talking about this tough 11 game stretch for the Nuggets. Uh okay so you told me pre pre-show that you don't have like a lot of predictions for this stretch coming up. You you you're just like I don't know, I don't know how this is going to well, go. Is that
1: accurate? I had 3. I mean, I have 3 predictions. Um I think Murray looks great during the stretch. I think he plays really good basketball. I th- I think that Jokic doesn't quite turn it up the way everybody's going to want and people are going to be upset about it. Yeah. I think that Jokic. I don't think he has a four. By the way, I was unbothered by Jokic's game against Detroit. In fact, I loved it. I thought it was a great game. People. Yeah. It was hilarious how many people were like, what a garbage stat line. 16 assists is a garbage stat line on yeah. two of three shooting? Yeah. What, it, it's wild to me that, that it became like he scored four points because that's all he could score or whatever. He had 16 assists, but whatever. And a 25-point win. Like, who cares? But whatever. I thought that was funny. I was way for it, so I I don't want to spend time on it. But I do think that this stretch where he like would love for Yoke to just go out and be aggressive more. I have a feeling we're going to get that sometimes and sometimes not, which is what we've gotten so far this year. Sometimes aggressive yoke sometimes not. We're probably going to get that. And that's why I think Nuggets fans are probably rightfully nervous about this upcoming slate of games where they feel like such narrative games for yoke in particular like yoke somehow, despite everything we've seen from him last year, just you continuously go on trial. and that's just the nature of sports
0: for me, I think the Boston game is actually bigger than the Sixers game, and one of the reasons is I think the sixers are really are both these teams are awesome at home. Like, they are elite at home. I think with the sixers in particular, um do I worry about foul trouble? I also don't think Jokic looks like I don't think if, if 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 the game plan for Malone was like we want you to score in the post on Embiid, Jokic would do it and he would perform to the best of his ability and he might be he might cook him. Might cook him. Right. I think that he probably looks at that and is like is that really the best way for us to attack this team? Like is that the is that the, the really, is that where the advantage is? Is that the read that he makes intuitively? That that's the move that, that he needs to challenge and Embiid in the post. So instead, you know, I think he will, he'll do what he always does, which is like impact the game in a lot of ways, pick and roll action, floaters, the floater will be there for him. Um, they give up a ton of those. And so that's why I think Murray in the Sixers game is probably the one that I would circle. But the Celtics game, I think is an interesting one in that the way the Celtics are designed, they have a real, they, they have trouble with yoke. Like yokes play great versus the Celtics and the rest of the team has kind of let down. So like, that's the challenge. I think in the Celtics game is like yoke needs to be phenomenal and he needs to get someone to help him out. It doesn't necessarily have to be Murray in that matchup because that's, again, I think that's a tough one for him. MPJ, Aaron Gordon, the bench, somebody has got to help him out in those games in particular I'll be honest with you adam like they've done very well versus the box in milwaukee throughout the years i i think they might on here's i got a prediction for you you want you want one yeah they're gonna blow out the box in milwaukee
1: i like that one i mean we're well again it's all motivation and <laughs> we'll kind of see how it is that one also oh wait they played though no, they played milwaukee in denver that yeah. one's that one's the denver game Yeah, you're right. It is right after the Philadelphia game and before the Oklahoma City game. Not that they're going to overlook Milwaukee. It's just that it is in between big games as well. So it's kind of like which one gets emphasized the most? Maybe all three. I don't. A look ahead and a letdown spot. That's what we call it. (laughs) Getting so. Uh, Yeah. So so, so, I mean,
0: look, I I think you know this this series of games is really interesting from that perspective. Like we focus a lot on Boston and Philly. You know, even tonight this Jazz game is really interesting because this is a Jazz team that's super tough. This, they they scored a very high level um, that to me is like a, something we didn't really talk about That we do, you know, I, I should have gone back to that and what we hope to learn I want to know how good the defense is because the yeah. numbers are really good on the defense can they do this on the road like yeah. that's the challenge for teams is can you get stops on the road when the opponent is hitting higher clips than they do in Denver like yeah. I think that Denver's defense might not definitely might be a little bit of a product of a home uh, of the home schedule yeah. um and so i want to see if they can get get that done defending you know good offenses because they do face even indiana without i think indiana is better this year no question they're better this year without halley than they were last year without halley um so like with nemhart and um the way that Matherin is playing like that's i think going to be tougher for them uh, getting these these games i think they'll destroy indy at home but that one on the road is tough because you're playing the same opponent within a number of days. And that's always a kind of a tough spot. Like there's a lot of like little things in this one that make these matchups kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, for sure. By the way, Utah, you're right. We t- we're sp- focusing on the narrative games, but the other games are as interesting, if not more interesting, because Utah tonight, as you mentioned, they just beat Philadelphia and Milwaukee in their last two wins. And they have, uh, and then new Orleans after that, who, by the way, same thing, new Orleans has been on a bit of a tear against, you know, they've been giant killers and they're, they're a tough one. So you have that one. Um, and then the Knicks have not lost since getting OG Ananobi. That game comes at the end of a five game road trip, like in, you're playing in the garden. So, and then the Oklahoma city game, which we haven't even mentioned, which is going to be a, both a big narrative game, a big record and standings game. Uh, and then just kind of a testing the metal game of Denver, that team embarrassed you last time on your own home court. Can you repay the favor? So to me, we're so focused on the two Philly, the Boston, and the Milwaukee game because those are the high-profile potential finals matchup games. But all those other ones are also going to be revealing and narrative stories and things that come out of those games. Is the bench play bad? Is Jokic aggressive? Is Murray playing well? Is everyone involved? They're going to feel just as big during those games, or almost as big during those games as they will the other ones.
0: I would agree. Um, the Knicks game, in particular, I'll tell you. Like, I'm going to go ahead and like I- I'll call that one a loss right now. That's a seven so far 30- away. That's a 7 30 Eastern tip. So it's 5 30 mountain, which is not like super early, but it's off like they will have traveled from Indy and spent the day in New York on the off day
1: and then played. Oh <laughs> well, what day is it too? I guess it doesn't matter for NBA players, but kind of a relatively
0: different, a relatively Thursday. different schedule game. So like that's like that's a very interesting kind of spot there, I think, for uh for to to look at with um with how that schedule plays out. Um the other thing I would mention. The Nuggets are, you know, how I always talk about the division games, Adam, they're two and three in the division this year. So Ooh. they've got the jazz game and they've got uh, the thunder game at the end of this, yeah. the, this stretch. So, you know, need to start getting some of those too. Like you want to fill out that win profile. Now look, they are on pace for like 55 wins. They're fine. But I do think it's just like, Hey, you want to take care of the, of the division teams, especially the OKC team. Like we said, that's got a lot of them. Im- that one I do think is important for evaluating, um, for uh, for playoff tiebreaker scenarios, I really do think that that one kind of does matter. In yeah. to that, um, uh, I do. Quickly, I do
1: record record-wise, do you want to do record prediction?
0: Yeah, I do want to note this because somebody mentioned it in the in the chat. Rob's like they've played the most uh home or away games in the league, and he's right. They've also played the most games overall in the league. Right. Um, but I will say that on the road, he's right in that the on the Nuggets on the road have the 11th best defense of all teams on the road this season. So. We'll see if it if it carries through. Uh, All right, eleven games. I will say seven and four.
1: I think six and five is par. We were going through this. Like, what do you think is expected? What's chalk? And I think six and five is just because again, there's only one easy game on the schedule, and it's on the road at Washington. It's not that easy. So, and it's in the middle of a long East Coast road trip, which is always tough. So, to me, six and five. Does not, it sounds like six and five. That's not a good stretch. I think six and five is par, and I'm just going to go for it. I, here, here's what I'll say. I'm going to go six and five. So you're going to go seven and four. But here's the thing if Denver goes five and six or worse over the stretch, it is going to paint a narrative both for the MVP conversation and for which I'm not sure Jokic cares about, but I know Nuggets fans really care about. And also just the Nuggets' chances of getting a top seed and people picking them going to playoffs, which again, doesn't mean anything other than. It will be annoying for Nuggets fans to have to go into a title defense playoff run, and everyone saying, "Yeah, they're but, yeah, but," and that—that's just yeah. the status of things. If they go five yeah. and six over the stretch, it'll linger. But yeah, th-
0: this this stretch has way more to do with how fans are going to feel than it yeah, does for like cool. the Nuggets' outcomes this season, and they'll
1: treat it like that, right? And that matters, though. It does matter how fans feel. Like you want your seasons to be fun and enjoyable, and you want to. Yeah. I think it's, have I think it's totally time. fair for that, and but yeah, you're definitely going to get
0: hit with the. I don't know. Can they beat the good team? Can the defending
1: NBA champions
0: beat good teams is going to be a narrative if they struggle here.
1: I think Um, if you go eight and three or better, if you go, if you go six and five or seven and four, I think that it's almost like nothing happened. Even if you go five and six, chalk it up to the schedule. Maybe it's not a big narrative. That's the middle where there will be takes on either side, but they won't be that loud or, you know, it'll be whatever. Um, We'll call it a hung jury. But if you go 8-3 and or better in that stretch, I do think that you start to look at it and say, look what Denver does. Because if you only lost three games in that stretch, that means you beat some pretty impressive teams in big spots. So if you do that, I think Denver vaults back up to the, yeah, but the championship still runs through Denver.
0: Every every challenge is an opportunity, right? all right that's gonna wrap it up for locked on nugget thanks for joining us appreciate you guys being with us make sure to check us out on youtube youtube.com slash locked on nuggets we'll see you guys again tomorrow swipe will be with you on uh thursday to recap the jazz game and then uh swipe and i'll be back with you on friday as we'll preview the pelicans game and more thanks for joining us have yourselves a great week see you guys again next time on locked on nuggets